Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, the more we understand God and the more honest we are with ourselves, uh, then the more we will appreciate grace. Uh, God in his holiness desires to be reconciled uh, to us because God is love and God has been great in his love towards us. Uh, it was God's love that sent uh, Christ into a world of sin to be a sacrifice for mankind. Uh, it was God's love that raised Jesus from the dead for our justification. Uh, it is God's love that has uh, stayed the hand of uh, judgment and justice, uh, giving all men a chance to come to repentance. And it is God's love that has kept us to this day, uh, even to this very minute. Uh, thus the psalmist has declared in Psalm 104, verse 33, I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. And when you think about who God is and understand what grace is, uh, then I believe the order of the day is to sing God's praise. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention again this morning to Romans chapter 13. Uh, the text that was read into our hearing. Uh, we want to read again there verse number 11. Romans 13 verse 11. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Based on the words of the apostle here in Romans chapter 13, we want to use this morning as a subject, there must be an awakening. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Romans chapter 13, we have what might be deemed a call to arms to the church. As I read the text here, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Paul understood and appreciated uh, the Christian's responsibility to God, to other Christians, and to the world. See, the Christian calling is to more than just abstaining from sin. The Christian calling is a call to proactive service. And the nature of our responsibility is such that we ought to be perpetually busy working uh, in the Father's vineyard. When we look at the language that Paul uses here in Romans 13, verse 11, he says that it is high time to awake out of sleep. The, the imagery here is that of a parent trying to wake the child at the start of a day. And, and, and I don't know what your memories are of that, but, but I think back to my school days when my mother would wake us up in the morning and you could just hear the urgency in her voice as she called us to get up. And, 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 and you know, there was a window of time that you had to be ready uh, uh, before you would be late. And, and as we neared that time when it, you've got to get up now if you're going to get done what you need to get done and be on time, you, you could hear in her voice that 
she just understood some things that I didn't about getting up. I, I, I didn't appreciate when she called us to get up in the morning that that is not just about getting up. So see, what you learn at school today may help you in school next year. And, and, and what you learn in school, appreciate God is using education as a tool to help you provide for your family. And, and, and the standard of living that you provide for your family will have uh, implications on the quality of your living. And so there were just things she understood about that call to get up that, that were just beyond me as a kid. I think Paul appreciates here in Romans chapter 13, when he writes that it's time for us to awake, that there are some things that God understands in calling us to his service that, that maybe we just don't appreciate. You know, when I wake each day, I have no idea to the possibilities that God may use me in his service. Uh, you never know but that you'll be the one time that somebody has the opportunity to hear the gospel. It, it, you'll be the, uh, uh, the one member of the church that will be in that place at that time that can shine as a light. So, so there's an urgency to the call that Paul gives here. But in spite of the fact uh, that there is a great need for us to shine as lights in a world dead in sin, in, in spite of the fact that we are indwelt and empowered by God's spirit, in spite of the fact that we are instructed by the unerring word of God, and in spite of the fact that we have been recipients of manifold blessings from God, it is possible to be a member of the church and just spiritually go through the motions. To, to fall into what is for all intents and purposes a spiritual rut. Have you ever been in that rut, I, I, I come to worship, I, I come to Bible class, but, but, but I'm not really drawing closer to the rest of the church family. I, 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 I listen to the sermons, but I'm still struggling with the same problem years later. And, and, and Paul says concerning this, that, that it's high time uh, uh, to awake out of sleep. It, 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 your time is, it, is drawing short, that, that you don't have a, a, a time to just lay there and, and sleep the day away. And, and, and I don't know about you, but it just seemed like whenever, whenever my mother was calling us to get up, uh, the thought was, if I could just get 15 more minutes, <laughs> if I could just get 30 more minutes, you, you, you never wanted to get up right at that time. And don't let it be in winter. I, I'm not a winter weather person. When, when it's cold outside, that, that's just good sleeping weather. There, there, there are things in life that will uh, encourage us to not want to come out of the rut we may have slipped into. And I appreciate, I, I do, some conditions are favorable for sleeping. There, there, there are just some places you go and it's just like, uh, just give me a pillow and let me lay down. I, I, I get some Sunday mornings, you, you may come in and the mood may be a little mellow and it, it, maybe I'm a little bit slow out the gate, but I, I, I get some conditions are favorable for sleeping. But appreciate sleep can be dangerous. When we talk about the concept of sleep, it is a fact of life and a reality of nature that the physical man requires a certain amount of sleep every day. In fact, they tell me if the physical man doesn't get the sleep that he needs, it ultimately has implications on his well-being. 
but appreciate that there are some notable contrasts between the physical man and the spiritual man. For while the physical man requires sleep daily, there is never a good time to sleep spiritually. See, there is also a notable similarity between physical sleep and spiritual sleep. And the similarity is that men sleep for different reasons. You know, we don't always come to worship service and sleep because we're tired. Uh, we don't always come to the assembly and sleep because the preacher has no message. It, see, sometimes I sleep during the worship service because I didn't sleep enough the night before. It, it, sometimes I sleep during the worship service because I really haven't acquired an appetite for the things of God. Men sleep for different reasons. But when we talk about spiritual sleep, let me say, number one, that spiritual sleep is an unrealistic sleep. Appreciate that when we are asleep, we are more vulnerable to attack and danger because sleep is a state of insensibility. You have no idea what's going on around you when you sleep. Why is it that we make sure the house is secure before going to bed at night? I don't know about you, but now every now and then I'll forget. But most nights, that's my, my amen corner helping me out there. Most nights, I stress most nights, most nights I make sure the door is locked and the alarm is set. Because I'm one of them hard sleepers. You know, when I go to sleep, I, you know, growing up sleeping in a room with three brothers in the inner city, you just had to learn how to sleep through noise. And, and, and it's just something that I've kept with me over the years. I, I'm a very sound sleeper, so I, I want to make sure during my uh, uh, state of insensibility that, that, that nobody comes in and takes advantage of me because I'm asleep. But I appreciate that while I'm asleep, it does not mandate that everyone else is asleep. It is unrealistic to expect that if we sleep to our duty as children of God, that the devil will sleep also. You know, if there's one thing you can count on about the devil is that he'll be busy. Now, I know sometimes we like to blame him for stuff that, that uh, you know, we need to take ownership for. Uh, 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 but if anybody ever said anything about the devil that's true, the devil is busy. Uh, uh, the devil doesn't take lunch breaks uh, 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 from his business. Uh, uh, Peter likened him to a roaring lion going about seeking whom he may devour. It is unrealistic to suppose that if I sleep to my duty, that the devil will sleep also. Do, do you remember, Brother Jonah? Uh, uh, look with me in Jonah's account, Jonah chapter 1, uh, uh, starting at verse number 1. Uh, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. Now, that's the clear call of God to Jonah as to what he wants him to do. I, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach my word to the Ninevites. But then watch verse 3. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, 
so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Jonah slept on his responsibility. And, and, and I don't just mean he was sleeping down in the ship. Jonah was asleep to the call of God on his living. But, but there's some questions we need to ask Brother Jonah. Did, did Jonah, do you think that running from God frees you from God's calling? Did, do you think just because I decide not to do what God told me to do, that that settles the issue? Jonah, when God called you to go to Nineveh, if you keep reading Jonah's account, Jonah was going to Nineveh. Now, now you could go when I called you, or you could go because I helped you, but Jonah, you are going to Nineveh. You are going to accomplish my will. We need to ask Jonah, Jonah, do you suppose that ignoring your duty was the end of the matter? You know, just because I decide I'm not going to do what you say, is that settled? Jonah must have been like some of the little children that we don't raise well in our generation today. Yeah, you ever seen a parent talking to a child and the child speaks to the parent with some finality? You know, maybe the child is doing something that that he's not supposed to be doing, and the parent says, "Come down from here, or stop that." I saw a little boy the other day just roll his eyes at his parents, and and by all, uh, I guess that was the end of the matter because they left him alone and he stayed there where he was. But but understand, when you deal with God, that that's not the kind of parent you're dealing with when it comes to God. Jonah, when I called you, you may sleep, but I'm gonna wake you up, Jonah. And, and, and have you ever slept when you get that wake-up call and it's more than just calling your name? See, see, you can be awakened other than by calling your name. It, it, you can be awakened by having the covers torn off you and pulled out the bed. It, it, you can be awakened by having cold water doused on you. You can be uh, 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 called from sleep in ways other than having your name called. Well, we ought to learn from Jonah. If we sleep to our spiritual responsibilities, is that the end of the matter? If I just decide, Lord, I know you sent us into all the world to proclaim the gospel, but for whatever my reasons are, I'm going to remain silent. Is that the end of the matter? See, I called you to shine as a light in the dark world. If you won't awaken by me calling your name, there are other ways to wake you up. And when we sleep to our spiritual responsibilities, we will eventually suffer the consequences. But there is another consideration from the text here in Romans chapter 13. Not only is spiritual sleep an unrealistic sleep, but appreciate that spiritual sleep is a state of inactivity. And I submit to you that those who sleep spiritually lack both wisdom and understanding. One of the things you learn as you go through life, you just can't sleep your life away. You know, I, I, I'm not aware that there's a job where they offer you money for sleeping. And, and, and if there is, let me know so I can put in an application. Because if they're just going to pay you to sleep, I, I might as well, get, you know, get some benefit uh, other than the physical benefits of sleeping. But, but, but in your Bibles, in Proverbs 24, uh, uh, beginning at verse number 30, 
the wise man says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. Well, why do you call him that Solomon? Well, because it's his field. And, and, and here I'm talking about a farmer. And, and a farmer makes his living by producing crops. But if your field, notice verse 31, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns, and nettles covered the face thereof, and the stone wall thereof was broken down. The, the one thing Solomon could tell by looking at this farmer's field is you haven't been taking care of your field. And if you don't take care of your field, your field will not produce any crops. And if your field doesn't produce any crops, you will not earn any income. And if you don't earn any income, then the quality of your living will suffer. But then notice what he says in verse 32. Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. I think what Solomon is telling us, you don't have to make every mistake in life that can be made. You, you don't have to do every wrong thing that can be done. Sometimes you can just learn from the experience of others. If you are a farmer and you don't take care of your field and I see how you suffer, then if I am a farmer, I ought to be able to learn from your example. Then verse 33, he says, yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. Yeah, you ever been there that cold, rainy morning? Now, I know I need to get up, but you turn over the other way and, and lay on the other side for a little while. And you start playing tag with the snooze button. See, and, and, and I just know me. I, I don't use the snooze button. I know when I wake up if I'm going to get up. And, and if I'm not going to get up, then I'm just going to enjoy uninterrupted sleep and, and settle up with the consequences when I do finally get up. But then notice what he says, verse 34. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thy want as an armed man. You know, on a long trip, it may take a long time to get there, but step by step, eventually, you arrive. Solomon said, when you sleep on your duty, it may take a while to feel the consequences, but don't miss the fact that they're coming. You might you know, just give your parents fits about getting up when you're young, and you might only be second or third grade now, but rest assured the consequences are coming. You may not feel them until your 20s or your 30s. Uh, you know, then you go in to put in that job application and you notice that uh, uh, most of the jobs that pay well require education, uh, 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 but I, I didn't necessarily do all that well with mine. Solomon says, appreciate that when you are inactive, you reap as you have sown. And if the sum of my Christianity is that I assemble and attend Bible class, then spiritually, I'm asleep. Now, now, I'm not saying quit coming to worship in Bible class. I'm saying we need to do more than just come to worship in Bible class. Work doesn't get accomplished while we sleep. Uh, you, you ever just let the day get away from you, and late at night, you still got chores to do? You know, there's still laundry to be done. There's still dishes to be washed. But you're just tired, and you go to bed anyhow. When you get up in the morning, that laundry is still there. Those dishes are still unwashed. And, and you learn there are no housework fairies that will come visit the house at night and do the things for you that you should have done the day before. And then third there, 
in, in Romans chapter 13. Spiritual sleep, uh, well, I ain't got time to deal with that one, all right? Uh, it's 8.56. Uh, to wait for a convenient season to be about the Father's business is to sleep on kingdom responsibility. Now, you know James 4.17, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him is sin. Uh, you, you go back and look at it on uh, the, the podcast. I asked Joe how that works. I'm not sure how that works, but somehow they, they have the PowerPoints on there when you listen to the sermon. Uh, 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 but third this morning, spiritual sleep is a state of presumption. You remember Brother Samson back in Judges chapter 16? You, you, you remember Samson's account. Samson just had trouble uh, keeping his eyes on things that would be beneficial to him. And, and we learn as we read Samson's account that uh, this woman by the name of Delilah caught Samson's eye. Judges chapter 16, uh, verse number 15. Uh, you remember the story, Delilah trying to find out uh, uh, the source of his strength. And she said unto him, how canst thou say, and, and you ought to yourself to go back and read all of this, how canst thou say I love thee when thy heart is not with me, thou hast mocked me these three times and hast not told me wherein thy great strength lieth. Now, now just in case you don't know the story, she said you mocked me these three times. The, the three times prior when Samson told her where his strength was, she tested it to see if it was true. Now, now you don't have to be the sharpest knife in the drawer to, to just suppose. If I told you three times what made me strong, and you tried it to see if that's what made me strong. If I tell you the truth about what makes me strong, you're probably going to try that too. I don't think you have to be a rocket scientist to, to, to have that thought. So in verse 16, and it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words. See, brothers, that's why you want to make sure you, you find a godly woman. Because she pressed him daily, and, and more than Samson gave in to a bad woman, Solomon, who had wisdom beyond wisdom, and Bible says when he was old, his, his wives turned him into an idolater. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words. I just get sad to hear, just take it, just leave me alone. And urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistines, saying, Come up this once, for he has shown me all his heart. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and brought money in their hand. Now, wonder of wonders, look at verse 19. And she made him sleep upon her knees. Brother, be careful where you lay your head. And, and, and I don't just mean spiritually sleeping, I mean physically sleeping. She made him sleep upon her knees. See, that's just a proper place to lay your head at night. Uh, you know, the pillow with your address, where, where you're paying the mortgage, and the bills come in your name. But, but notice where Samson laid down. She made him sleep upon her knees. Why on her knees? I'm sure she had somewhere else he could have laid down, but she made him sleep upon her knees. And she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head, 
and she began to afflict him. Now notice how it started. She made him sleep on her knees. Now she's afflicting him. And his strength went from him. And she said, the Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself and wish not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass, and he did grind in the prison house. When we read Samson's account, it wasn't presumptuous to sleep on Delilah's knees. That, that, that's not what led to his downfall. It was presumptuous to sleep on his faithfulness to God and think that he could still prevail in spite of the fact that I'm not being faithful to God. You know, when, when, when you just think that I can uh, 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 disregard the word of God, when, when I can go against the will of God, when, when, when I can ignore what God has said and do what I want to do, and, and everything is going to work out, that's presumptuous. And, and we will learn, as Samson did, that, that, uh, 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 that it won't work out the way that I thought it did. But what we need to ask ourselves, see, anybody can be an expert in what somebody else did. What we need to ask ourselves is, are we sleeping presumptuously as Samson did? Am I neglecting prayer and just thinking things will still work out all right? Do I defer to assemble uh, 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 with the rest of the church to, and, and I mean more than just on Sunday, but to build quality relationships with my brothers and sisters and somehow think that I'm going to be strong. Do we presume that there will be a tomorrow in which we can finally start working on getting things together? And we need to ask ourselves, isn't today yesterday's tomorrow? And how often do we say tomorrow? Tomorrow, we're living in tomorrow. Today is yesterday's tomorrow. And while we sleep, the devil is busy. Again, in 1 Peter uh, chapter 5, verse 8, Peter declares, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And if you know anything about lions, when lions roar, they mean business. But usually before they attack, lions are quiet. They sneak up on you until they, you know, they, they can pounce on you. And once they pounce on you, then the noise starts, but the lion ain't the only one making some noise when he pounces. Paul says there must be an awakening. It's high time to awake out of sleep. When you look at the world that we live in, it is high time for us to awake out of sleep. To, to stop being passive about all that the world has to say and stand up and speak on God's behalf. To call sin what it is and, and, and to let the world know that God has standards of morality and God has standards of justice. God has a way that he requires men to live if we are to see him at peace in that final day. When we look at the Bible, the Bible is a call to awake. God calls us to awake to salvation. He wants to be reconciled to us. 
But God is the one that sets the terms of reconciliation. And when we read our Bibles, God declares that we must hear the good news that Jesus is the Christ. We must believe Jesus to be the Christ. And because of that, we are willing to turn from sin, make the confession of faith in Christ Jesus, and be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of sins. And when we go down into the waters of baptism as a matter of grace and mercy, God washes away our sins, indwells us with his spirit, and adds us to the church. And thereafter, the call is that we remain awake, busy in the master's service until such time that he comes again. God requires us to live obediently, to live lives worthy of being called his children. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want to respond to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.